0: You know, I wanted to start off this podcast by singing a Christmas carol, and then I realized that, you know, even if I sang one line here on the Jan Arden podcast, we would have to get it licensed, and we would have to stop recording and start again. So just picture me singing the most epic version of Last Christmas I Gave You My Heart, I just belting it. Just imagine it, because we don't have to pay for that if you're just imagining it. Welcome to the Jan Arden Podcast. I'm here with Sarah Burke. What's up? And Adam Karsh. And I'm happy to be here. And this is, we are running. We are now running into Christmas. It is December. And we are counting down 24 days until Santa comes and stands on your roof and brings you things, even
1: for the Jewish people. Oh. I don't think he's going to come to our roof. I don't know if he's going to come on this roof.
0: (laughs) Why not? Okay. So, Adam, let me ask you this question. Let me preface everything I just said. We have the most fantastic guest ever today. Brian Adams is going to be with us. Don't go away for that. Brian hardly ever freaking even does press. And he's doing this for me because I'm one of his favorite people on the planet. No, I'm not. But he's doing it for me. Anyway, let me ask you this, Adam Karsh. So, your your do your kids celebrate Christmas?
1: They like Christmas. They actually love Christmas. They make me drive them around the neighborhood so we can look at the houses all the ones with the lights and the Yeah. they they get it. I mean, you can't avoid it. They love the idea of Christmas, but we don't technically celebrate it.
0: But who does celebrate Christmas? Uh, who out there is celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ? <laughs> like I and I'm just putting I'm just putting that out there because most of my friends All my friends that were even raised Catholic or Protestant or went to a Baptist church or were Pentecostal, like my friends are, they run the gamut of whatever religion. I was born in a Mormon family. And my dad said, you know, when we were 12, you don't have to go to church. I don't expect you to, you don't have, I resented it my whole life. And I don't expect you kids to have to do that. So, um, yeah, I don't think, I don't, I think Christmas in the last, let's say even 100 years, has drifted a long way away from the the holiday or the celebration that it was. Am, am I being cynical?
2: No. Nope. No, the religious connotations have changed, for sure. I think it's become more of a, a like traditional get-together with people time of year and like a Hallmark holiday. That's what it's become.
0: Yeah. I do remember going to Midnight Mass with my friend Teresa. Shout out to my friend Teresa. And I think we were pretty tipsy.
2: I feel like I remember that too, with like a, a an ex-boyfriend's whole family coming back from church and they were all like out to lunch. And I was like, what? Church?
0: Yeah. And uh, we did get, we, we got kicked out. I'm still kind of embarrassed about it. I still have twinges of embarrassment, but I believe the, uh, I guess the priest stopped whatever he was doing and pointed up into the, you know, the balconies and- told us that we needed to leave god bless you and god be with
2: you it's no different than you getting the you talk too much at school this all makes so much sense yeah
0: anyway yeah it is the, it's it is the christmas season there's not a parking spot to be had anywhere and uh, it is minus 17 here today in springbank alberta i'm going probably going to run a few errands today get a few little things And I like going, but there's a few little stocking, fun stocking stuffer stuff that I want to get for pals. But last year, it was like playing parking lot bingo to try and get a parking spot. And people are very aggressive, very aggressive this time of year on how do you indicate that's your effing spot? So you see someone backing out, Never mind that. You follow people that are walking out of the store very slowly with your car, following them through the parking lot till they get to their vehicle. And then you have another car at the other end pointing at you going, I saw it first. I'm going to be pulling in there. And you're like, no, I'm going to be pulling in there. I followed him from the exit of the mall. So I have dibs on this guy. I don't know. It's, it's, all, it's a very strange time of year.
1: So are you going to the Chinook Center?
0: I don't know. I have no idea yet. Okay. Might go to Chinook, might go to Sunridge Mall, might go to, I might go downtown. I might go to Banker's Hall downtown because there's lots of underground parking. I'm not really keen on parking outside when it's 17 below. Anyway, I I just, uh, parking anywhere is just so challenging and so kind of non-Christmassy.
2: Don't you love when the person, like the person's partner is standing in the spot, like waving their arms, like it's mine.
1: (laughs) I've seen that
0: it's a great time of year, but it's a really stressful time of year. And I wanted to talk to you about that, Sarah, about just how, and it's the holidays, you have your own family to deal with. You've got your boyfriend to deal with. You've got friends to deal with. you got lots of parties that you're probably being invited to. How do you feel about going into, with COVID, obviously still looming, some people don't care about it. Some people are ignoring it. They, they're not wearing, it doesn't matter. How do you deal with going into this part of the holidays and what are your
2: plans? Um, I will say with my group of friends, they all have kids, um, you know, all parents and everyone's been sick for honestly like two months, whether it was COVID or something else. Right. So there's actually discussion about outdoor activities. Like maybe we're going to hit a market or a skating trail as like a group of us, which instead of like packing everyone inside, I kind of like that idea. What is a skating trail? Like, you know, up north of of Toronto, there's like, um, like it's a figure eight shape, but you can skate with the kids, you you know, you can skate with your partners. So I just kind of like that as an option. We haven't really decided yet, but it was thrown out in the group chat. Um, as for my parents, uh, Hanukkah is actually over Christmas (laughs) this year. Adam, if you notice, like it starts, I think December 18th. So the eight days will fall over Christmas this year, which it doesn't always And, um, yeah, like, I mean, on Christmas specifically, I'm like, oh, does anyone need me to work time and a half? But, um, for the most part, you know, we're, we're just going to be laying low, some Chinese food. Latkes is the Jewish tradition, which I'm very excited about. My mom already made like a whole freezer full that she's ready to go.
1: (laughs) I make a mean potato latke. We know you
2: do. (laughs) What was
0: it like growing up in the holidays around your place? Like, did you... Was it an exciting time? I mean, obviously your friends were were all doing Christmas. Like, did you lose sleep over it? I know for me, I couldn't, I couldn't function like the three weeks leading up to Christmas. It was a palpable, really excitement. I can't even explain it to you. Just everything's. Everybody seemed to be getting along in the house. There was so much excitement with food prep. Um, you know, my mom was always trying new recipes, but then there was all those traditional things that were always so exciting and the baking i just i just couldn't get my head around how much baking there was and then they would mom would do swaps with the neighbors so she would do oh like 500 ginger ginger snaps and then she would trade you know a few dozen for we had danish neighbors the mortensons and they made these crackly chocolatey covered with powdered sugar chewy balls of I don't even know what they were. Chewy balls of heaven. I never thought I would say chewy balls of heaven on this show, but I am. But I remember the spread going into like the 22nd, 23rd, company coming over. Everyone's making nuts and bolts. Did you know that there was an actual shortage on bugles right now?
2: Oh, no. Are we going to be okay?
0: (laughs) Yeah, everyone's buying bugles and there's no bugles to be had anywhere. And bugles are... Some people would say they're not an essential part of nuts and bolts, but I'm 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 gonna I'm, I beg to differ. They're a very essential part of you know the nuts and bolts mixture. But I, all I'm saying is that it was so exciting that I couldn't I, I couldn't sleep. It was such a big deal. But I don't ever remember any kind of religion, any kind of religion being part of our Christmas from its inception.
2: I I sort of think like uh, Jewish parents would get through the Christmas holiday stuff pretty easy because the traditions are the same, right? It's like gather to eat a bunch of food and presents right? Those are the two mainstays of the holidays, whether it's, you know, for a Jewish family or someone celebrating Christmas. That being said, I do remember an awkward time where my sister and I were staring at the window on Christmas Eve, like looking for, you know, Santa and and the reindeer and asking all sorts of questions of mom and dad about what happens with our house. (laughs) And I don't remember how mom and dad answered it at the time, but I know me and my sister, like, we revisit that day a lot when, when it's holiday time. <laughs> it's like, what, what did we think about, like, being Jewish then? I got a Polly Pocket and it was all good, you know? <laughs> did you
0: – so during um, Hanukkah, and excuse my ignorance, I apologize, is there gifts that are exchanged during that time? Oh, there's eight. There's eight. Eight crazy nights. So what? what walk us through the nights.
2: I feel like, I don't know Adam about your family, but like for, for us, it was like usually like some smaller stuff and then there were a few bigger gifts. So you would like spread it out over the eight nights. You might get like, um, you know, some socks and some clothing like over, you know, the course of it. And then there was one thing on like day seven that you were leading up to that was like a big toy. How about you, Adam?
1: No, I didn't get, there was no eight (laughs) crazy nights around here. It was like, here's your gift. I mean, and you get the chocolate coins, which is called gelt, which is money. So yes. I got chocolate coins. And like I got gifts from my parents and I got a gift from my grandma. So like maybe there was two gifts and there was like one, quote, big one. Like I got a remote control car one year. That was huge. But I didn't get eight Game crazy Boy. nights of presents. I, yeah, I got a Game Boy. Actually, I got money that I bought myself a Game Boy in 1989 and I still have it to this day.
2: They let you spend chocolate money on a Game Boy?
1: Wow. <laughs> no.
2: I think that's pretty great. I mean, it
0: is exciting when you're a kid getting stuff. I remember calling, you know, my pals, I had two or three really close friends and we were 10 or 11, 12 years old. And, you know, as soon as you tore everything open, you'd phone up the road. Mom would say, are you going to phone up the road? It was so funny. Like the, the neighbors were two miles away, but you phoned up the road. Well, phone up the road and see what they're doing. <laughs> and Amazing. I think of things like that and it, it kind of breaks my heart. And it. it It makes my heart feel bigger all at the same time, but I'd say, what did you get? And my friend Patty or Teresa or, you know, they'd tell me everything of, you know, I got this and that and the other thing. And, you know, getting five or 10 bucks from a grandparent was a big, big deal. My my Mormon grandmother, my dad's mom, she had a lot of grandchildren, as you can imagine. And as she got older, it was probably very difficult to go out and, you know, buy things and wrap them for... 40 grandkids Holy and so she started giving us five bucks in an envelope with our names on it her beautiful cursive my grandmother as, as you guys might remember was a teacher all her yes. life so one year I just remember you know opening the stuff and then grandmother handed us each a card my brothers and I and opened it up and I had three brand new five dollar bills and they were so brand new they were kind of stuck together and I was fanning them open. Like, I couldn't believe it. I was probably 13 years old and looking like I had just been given a box of kittens and $10,000 cash. <laughs> <laughs> and I fanned them open and, and my grandma stood up from her, her this velvet red wingback chair and she waddled over to me and she took two of them back. You're only supposed to get one, $5. They were oh. stuck
2: together. <laughs> And I felt like,
0: I felt embarrassed. I felt ashamed for some reason. And my mom was just rolling her eyeballs. I don't think, I think my dad was probably basting the turkey. The turkey was always his job. The turkey was always dad's job, the stuffing and the turkey. And he actually did a very good job of it. And my mom did all the side dishes. But can you imagine? I don't know. I'm, and I'm, I'm sure that has happened many times in different situations Um, over the years. I remember my brother's opening stuff when we were little, and my little brother would open something that clearly wasn't for him, that was clearly marked for a a boy eight years older. And my mom would have to say, no, that's, sorry, I screwed that up. That's for him. (laughs) Well, how did I do that? You know? She was, but I just remember my little brother just being mortified that he wasn't going to get some kind of an air rifle or a, a you know something that was obviously for someone older or a, a a model car that was for much more agile little fingers than than his anyway it's such a it's such a precarious time there's so many wonderful memories do you have memories of things going wrong during the holidays did you can you remember like a family fight or i mean this is these these
2: are tense times there's shit's hitting the fan I think. I don't, I don't really have. Really? Yeah, I don't really have any.
1: There's no like battle of the brawl, Hanukkah. You're burnt alukkas. <laughs> I don't know. It's none of that.
0: Even drunk relatives or are- go, Sarah.
2: I got something. I got something. So my my mom's dad um, had remarried when we were young because my grandmother died when I was like four years old. And this woman was like very like prim and proper and had fancy jewelry and had like very like a certain taste. So at the first Hanukkah party where we met her other grandchildren from her previous marriage, basically like we were all in one house. So I'm like looking at these kids my age who are living like a very different lifestyle. And and then they're doing like to make it fair for Hanukkah gifts, I feel like it was like um like you pick a name out of a hat and that's yeah. what you're buying the Hanukkah gift. I think gift that's a good for. idea.
0: That's a good idea.
2: Yeah, but I remember when they would leave, my mom and dad being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe about so because they were comparing kids like my age but from a very different side of the family, I guess. And that was like the most stressful it got. Like just my mom being like, who's my dad dating now? You know, but it was just different.
0: That had to have been really, really weird territory.
2: Yeah. There was like a weird jealousy. Yeah. I can't, I'm trying to imagine my mom or
0: my dad with a different partner as a kid, like as a teenager, even my twenties, I don't know how I would have coped. And then the holidays do get complicated because let's face it, 50% of marriages end in divorce. That is a statistic that has been on the books probably for the last 30 years. 50%. Holy. So anyway, I'm trying to think of how I would have navigated my... I, I don't I don't know. It, things get really, really complicated <laughs> and really... I think they can get really fun though. Um, mo, most of my friends... Parents, no. I'm honest to God. It was about half. Half of them, their mom and dad were together. But you'd all. I loved being with the parent that got remarried. I mean, all you could you could get away with everything. You just you you could just be like, oh my God, so and so's mom's got a new partner. He's wants to impress everybody, and he's he's handing out twenty dollar bills on New Year's Day. We (laughs) would be we would be like right there. I'm I'm so ready for this. But it it you know what
2: I. I do remember she gave me a lipstick when I was really young as a gift. And my mom was like, she doesn't need lipstick.
0: You hussy. (laughs) Shit, my daughter's not a hussy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was was that kid. If I got a big makeup set from the drugstore from mom and dad, or it would say from Santa, I was so happy. But then I would get a hockey stick and a crazy carpet. So (laughs) it was like this mishmash of... You know those cheap makeup kits that have 67 eyeshadows, 43 lip glosses, a mascara.
1: My daughter has one. They have tar in them, yes.
0: Does she just love it?
1: <laughs> she, uh, yes, she paints oh. her face every day and she watches- Tutorials. Yep, she watches YouTube and TikTok makeup tutorials and she does her own makeup well.
0: Oh, I love it. Oh, wow. But you can be, hey, you can be all things. I would have makeup on to go to hockey practice. Like I was such a... You played hockey? For years. It was the Springbank oh, wow. Sweethearts. Goodness. Yeah, and I, I remember our goalie always being hung over. And, uh, <laughs> you know, this is a 16, 17-year-old. She just would be in the net just sweating away, like <laughs> didn't care if the puck hit her in the temple. It was just... But we were terrible. We were—we had so much fun. But it was just... I mean... There was 42 kids in my high school grade. So any kind of extra, you know, curricular activities I was in, I played badminton and volleyball and
2: Wait, what position did you play in hockey? I need to know. I was right wing. Oh, wow, Chan. Yeah, I was right I didn't wing. Know
0: that. I think I I think my biggest season was n- f- three goals, four goals. I Not was like uh, yeah, I I think I was a hustler, you know? I could Skate backwards like nobody's business. And I just loved it. We had matching shirts that I think a local businessman had bought for us. We were so thrilled because we all just sort of bought blue jerseys from Sportcheck and taped our numbers on there. And then one year, we had like official jerseys. And I was number nine. Number nine. I remember my number.
1: That's my number. Was it? I played baseball. Get out of here. No, I never played. Nope, I never played hockey. I was a baseball guy, and number nine is my number, always.
2: Okay, why number nine for both of you? I don't know. It's the number they
0: gave me. I was number five in basketball, the shortest basketball player of all time. I don't think I ever scored a basket.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite number. I love number nine. It's my favorite number. It's my number. Lucky number nine.
0: I do not have a favorite number. Like, am I supposed to have a favorite number? I don't either.
1: I don't know. Are we supposed to have a favorite dinosaur? Like, this feels a little juvenile. What's your favorite number? What's your favorite color?
0: I, I do have a favorite. Green, <laughs> green is my favorite color in case anybody wants it. And, and mine's red. And I'm blue. Christmas. If anyone's thinking of buying me anything, I do love a nice pen.
1: Okay. Like a Mont Blanc?
0: Yeah. I, I actually, the first time in my life, and I'm 60 years old, I treated myself eight weeks ago to a Mont Blanc pen. Mm-hmm. I went into a jewelry store and the woman talked me out of a fountain pen because I write with fountain pens. And I got a Mont Blanc. Listen. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast. We will be right back. Don't go away. Brian Adams is up next. If I was to give you the actual proper introduction for this artist, I would be here. The whole entire show would be used up talking about the stuff that Brian Adams has accomplished in his life. He's one of the top-selling artists of musical history. I myself have not, I think I've sold 2 million records in my life. He's been touring for uh, 40-plus. You know what,
3: Jan? Jan, uh, He's he's
0: stopping me. Brian's stopping me. Anyway, one of the greatest songwriters ever. Uh, He's got more awards. He has no walls for his awards. There's no walls. There's not enough walls in the world. The man needs like a museum. Okay, Jan. Okay, now we're stopping. Brian, welcome to the show. Brian Adams, everybody. Hi. Um, Where the hell are you now at this moment?
3: I'm in Austria.
0: (laughs) You're in Austria waiting to go on stage, I bet.
3: We're backstage in Innsbruck, Austria. And there's nine shows left to go this year before Christmas. And it's uh, it's great. This tour has been quite funny because it started and then it stopped because of the COVID. And so a lot of dates got shuffled around. And so we're, this sort of last half of the year has been sort of picking up things that have been rescheduled.
0: Well, at least you have the Gumption to go out there and make it up to these people. Gosh dang it! A lot of people don't. They're like, "We'll see you in twenty twenty five. Bye bye." <laughs> so how is how is touring different? Obviously, COVID puts a wrench in everything. But how is it different from when you when you were started? Like in the eighties, touring has to be such a different story for you now. I mean, one of the biggest artists in the world and you're still doing arenas still packing. In Jen, stop it.
3: Stop. You're, you're making me embarrassed.
0: I don't mean to be. Uh, listen, I've been to so many of your shows and to st- be in the audience and listen to hits for two and a half hours is pretty freaking weird. Like you're, you, you, you leave there going, Oh my God, I forgot about that one. Holy crap. Then there's that one. And I know you're being humble right now, but to have the catalog that you have and to be able to tour in every corner of the world. I've always wanted to ask you about language barriers. Does that even mean anything anymore? Does everybody speak English?
3: Some songs are definitely over people's head. Then there's other ones that the melody can get the emotions across. You know, I've never asked everybody.
0: (laughs) So, but, but I mean, you don't talk a lot during your shows, but I think it's such a, a tribute and, and that one wank flag that, that you wave hey, over
3: people did not come to hear me blabbing away. They, they came to hear some songs and have a good time.
0: How's your energy level, you know, comparatively now at 63 than it was at 23? I mean, you travel constantly. I find it grueling. Like, I have to lay down after going to the mall for two hours.
3: Here's the key, Jan. Don't go to the mall.
0: <laughs> oh,
3: Seriously. That's my health tip today.
0: You heard it here first, folks. I have to tell this story because Brian very graciously said that he would fly in uh, on a half a day off, do the Jan Christmas special, and fly out to his next gig, which was in Toronto. He's doing a brand new Christmas song called Let's Get Christmas Going that is still stuck in my head. It's just one of those songs. I'm sorry. No, but when you – yeah, you should be sorry, mister. But when he came into the studio – I'm like, well, really excited about you doing the song, Brian. You had your guitar and everything. And you're like, I don't know it. So I just wrote it, just recorded it. So we need to write this down. And everyone was scrambling (laughs) to write on the back of pieces of cardboard so that you could sing the song. Well, you
3: know what? You put the pressure on when this camera's there. You want to make sure you deliver. So I just needed a little bit of help. If I could have just put it on the back of my hand or something, I would have. But there's just too many damn words.
0: It is a very wordy song. So when did you write this song? You you, you literally said about, to me, I just
2: wrote three it. three
3: days before. Holy crap.
2: What sparked the, the song? Because, you know, a lot of people cover the classics, but it's, you know, it's an original.
3: Well, it was funny because I have a nine-year-old daughter and an 11-year-old daughter. Both of them love Christmas, but my nine-year-old really loves Christmas. And the year before, she said to me, it was around September, she'd say, you know, Let's just get Christmas going.
2: (laughs) Two months early.
3: (laughs) And I'd say, well, it's September. You just got to hang in there. But I I just want Christmas. Let's just get Christmas going. And I thought it was such a funny thing to say. I just remembered it and decided to make a song out of that.
0: Well, it's, it really is infectious. It's one of those things I keep telling people after the special airs, you guys are either going to hate me or love me because you're going to be you're going to have this song stuck in your head forever.
3: By the way, I really want to see the video we did together. Uh, I'm sure it's going it to be great. Brian, it is so
0: <laughs> funny. When we get off of this podcast, I'm going to send you the Jan Alone for the Holiday special. It is such a funny bit. I don't want to give too much away to everybody because – this podcast, we'll be listening to this on Saturday. Welcome to Saturday, everybody! And the show airs a couple of times, uh, December the ninth, and then it's going to air again Christmas Eve on December the twenty fourth. But it's Brian is trying to like sing his song, and I'm just being a jackass behind him. But when you see the footage, I hope it makes you smile as much as it made me smile because it was everyone was so excited to have you there. It was crazy.
3: I'm dying to see it. I can't wait.
2: Can I ask a few, like, uh, like dumb
3: Christmas
0: questions, <laughs> no. if I
2: may? So, favorite Christmas movie, Brian, and your favorite Christmas classic song?
3: Ooh. Favorite Christmas movie would have to be Elf.
2: Yep. Nice,
3: nice. Favorite Christmas song? I, I like that Paul McCartney one a lot. Really?
0: That one, I just, I, I want to drive off the road whenever it comes
2: on. Why?
0: Uh, it's like... I don't know. Maybe it's... Do, 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 do. Don't do it, Brian. Don't. I'm Wonderful telling you right Christmas now. Wonderful Christmas time,
2: by the way. Simply Wonderful Christmas
0: having... time. Simply having... See, I can't even sing any more than that because we'll have to get a license for it. Okay, I'll
3: choose I'll choose a different one then. No, Favorite no. Favorite Christmas song. <laughs> no. I don't want to mention anything from our colleague at, at the roster because he'll hate me if I do that.
0: Michael Bublé does not mind. Listen, the man has made, amassed a fortune.
3: Let's think of something else. Favorite Christmas song. It's probably one of my Christmas songs. I'll tell you I'll tell you my favorite all-time Christmas song, Run Rudolph Run by Chuck Berry.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a good one. They've been playing Christmas music here in Calgary since November the 1st. Do you like Christmas music, Brian? And why are you the only artist on the planet that's never dedicated 10 tracks to a Christmas album?
3: I'm kind of working on it. I've got oh. um, quite a few now. I released one last year called Joe and Mary, which is quite fun.
0: Oh, that sounds like right up my alley. Sounds like... You, you like it Jan
3: over the years I've recorded a few funny songs I recorded one called Christmas time and I recorded one called reggae Christmas I used to do songs for my fans at Christmas time and that's what those were they were never released officially they were just we printed some 45s and sent them out to people 45s and somehow or another this, the songs had a life so which is pretty cool
0: can I ask you a question from this is from Tara? And it's a, it, it is a Facebook question. Tara is just a Facebook fan of mine. And she wants to know, okay. dear Brian, you have been a vegan for many, many years and inspired me to become vegan. I am wondering, That's cool. what are some of your favorites during the holidays? I think she means favorite. I think she means favorite meals. Yeah.
3: That's super easy. I love roast potatoes. And who doesn't? Everyone loves roast potatoes yes. with rosemary and olive oil. Ah. Oh i love that and i love stuffing that doesn't have anything to do with birds (laughs) and crispy you know crispy sort of sagey sort of savory oven baked stuffing with lots of gravy and brussels sprouts and carrots and just i can make an absolute pig of myself eating that
0: i have to say the only time i've ever been treated to like a vegan chef was when I came to see you in Calgary many years ago and you invited me backstage, which was awesome. And when you guys finish the shows, you usually have a really beautiful vegan meal prepared by a chef that's worked with you for many years. Is he still with you?
3: Yep. I mean, when I first wanted to hire someone to, to come on, I said, Bruce, look, I don't have any perks. I don't go out to the bars. I don't This is the one thing I think everyone could benefit from. I'm
0: not doing bags of cocaine, Bruce, for Christ's sakes. I'm not doing. Yeah,
3: there's no bags of cocaine. This is splurge on having someone nice cooking us a dinner after the show every night.
0: It was so good.
3: Just get a fucking pizza.
0: (laughs) That's Bruce. Yeah, right. It It was such an amazing meal. And I just remember sitting there with your guys and talking to you and I'm thinking this is like the best food I've ever eaten in my life and that was before I was vegan
3: and by the way Jan I want to say I'm really happy to see all your activism for uh, you. the animals it's really it's really cool thank you Brian I just, I just love I love you I love you for it
0: well I coming from you that means a lot to me because you were definitely one of the people that inspired me you were vegan oh it's it's got to be 40 years now hey Brian
3: you date me now Jan no
0: I well I, w- I 20 wish. years
3: Years. No, he's it's been fine.
0: he's been vegan longer than that. <laughs> I'm I'm
3: the same age as you, for God's sakes. I started before the word vegan even existed. Yeah, I was 28 and decided that's it. That was it. I'm not doing this anymore. I read a really great book. It was called Fit for Life by this guy called Harvey Diamond. Actually, his wife was in it, Harvey and Marilyn Diamond. And I just thought, wow, this is such a cool thing. I'm going to try it. And let's never look back. If your listeners are considering Thank you what this might mean. Fit for life. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not designed to be vegan. It's designed for health. I was after looking for health after being on the road for, you know, ten years straight. And I just wanted to make sure that I was taking care of myself the best way I possibly could. Um instead of instead of the advice which I was getting from my manager was <laughs> eat a steak.
2: Eat a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you do a good Bruce Allen, I got to
0: tell you.
3: No, you know who does a great <laughs> Bruce Allen? It's Mike Mike Bubele. Does he?
0: I don't know oh, if yeah, I I don't know if I've, I've ever heard his Bruce Allen.
3: Oh, it's it's sensational. It's it's like it, you can't even tell the difference.
0: Love that. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about your photography. You have uh, you you are an amazing photographer. Now don't be pulling anything, Jan, this Jan, that I've shot pictures with you a couple of times. And I I want you to just talk about this a little bit. And what would the the catalyst was this for you to go down this entirely different part of your career? Like you are a world renowned photographer. You're in galleries all over the frickin' planet and have shot the most extraordinary people.
3: Like you. Here's a story for your listeners. Okay. When I was doing photographs with with Jan, I said, Jan, you know, maybe we should try something a little different. And we ended up doing a very nice picture of you naked.
0: I don't know how you talked me into it. You didn't talk me into it. It was like I was just turning 50 years old. No, it was like
3: you were, I think even you said, should we do it naked? I did (laughs) not. I did not. And I said, yes, we should.
0: Anyway, it, was, it ended up on the cover of Zoom magazine. And uh, this was 10 yeah. years ago. But I think the thing for me as a woman, I was probably 35 pounds heavier than I am now. And it was a lot for me to just be, well, this is it. I'm just going to do it. And it was very liberating. So I thank you for giving me that opportunity. And you did it very quickly. You look
3: gorgeous, Jan. You look gorgeous. Well,
0: you're you're very kind. And I think for a, a lot of people that bought that magazine, whether you're of a certain age is what they say to women now, I think to be yourself and to not wait for that moment when, oh, when I'm this weight or when my hair is just right or when I have the right job or the right boyfriend or, you know, when the situation is absolutely perfect, I think you have to embrace moments. But... I think your photography does that. I've got a couple of things that you shot of me hanging in my house, and they're some of my most favorite pictures that I've ever had done.
3: I've got a big nude of you somewhere in a warehouse.
2: Oh, I thought you were going to say in your kitchen.
3: <laughs> it's, it's, it's a giant blow-up of it. So if you want that, Jan, I'll have it sent over tomorrow. Gosh,
0: I'll, I
3: can put it in the ceiling and You'd, in you'd have bed to find a, a big room for it, though. Yeah. It's the size of a sofa.
0: Okay, well... Uh... <laughs> hey, we
2: we love you photographing Jan. But what what's the most um like eye opening shoot that you've ever done, or like a subject, a, a person who is absolutely mind blowing?
3: Well, there's been kind of a few. Uh, I did something last year which was really fun. It's a thing called the Pirelli Calendar.
2: Oh, I love that!
3: And I've actually got it right in front of me.
0: It was amazing, Brian. This
3: is this is what it looks like, so you can see.
0: Oh, goody! Oh, cool. And it's a big deal for anyone that's that doesn't know about the Pirelli calendar. It is a big deal.
3: And then that's the cover of it. Cool. But it was really fun. To look, at the back, I got Iggy Pop.
0: Oh, my God.
3: It was really fun to do that. But it was in the middle of COVID, so nobody wanted to work. It was, it was hard to get everyone to come out. But it was really fun to do.
0: Do you ever get nervous shooting people, or is it just like, meh?
3: Yeah, you definitely do, especially when you've got an idea for something, and you haven't really fully thought it out, you just going for it and somebody shows up with their PR person and their manager and their best friend and you know, three or four of the people from the record company and <laughs> and then it's just you. And it's just you and you go, Well, I was thinking maybe and and then you just look at everyone's eyes, go, Oh wow, what? So there's uh there's that there's that moment. But to be honest, I've really never had any trouble. There's been, it's been really actually to use a pun. It's been pretty eye-opening.
0: Well, it's, it's been such an interesting part of your career and the evolution. I think creative people create, and I think that's just what they do. You're
2: flexing a different muscle, but it's, it's really coming from the same place.
3: It's also a way for me to get out my sort of social frustrations on things through art. You know, so if I'm annoyed with, the way the governments are handling wars. I did a book on on wounded soldiers. I, if I look at the streets of Vancouver, or if I, you know, if I'm traveling the world in London and I see all these homeless people, I did a book on homelessness because these are just this sort of social frustration. that I, I, I can talk about it, but I find it much more cathartic to be able to actually make art that has meaning that people can reflect on and either. Like it or not like it, but it's there and it's real. And I don't try and doctor it or anything. I just photograph what I see and put it together in the most interesting way I can. So aside from doing celebrity stuff, I also like using it as a social platform to vent frustrations.
0: Well, it's it's really effective because we all look at things in such a different way and we interpret things so differently. It's like how we all listen to music. Um, Before I let you go, and thank you very much for spending time with us from Austria backstage. As as the crowd waits outside for Brian to to get out there, he's (laughs) talking to us. Your mom is an extraordinary person and she's been a huge influence on you. (laughs) And I remember a time, and this is going back a few years, but your mom was following the tour buses. She was driving her own car. I just wanted you to I, I just wanted you to speak to how your mom has supported you, what that <laughs> what that has meant to you over the years and and how she's doing.
3: Well, first of all, she's ninety-four now and she's always been really supportive. You know, even back in the time when I was fifteen and I told her I was leaving school and her reaction to, to me was just, Well, if you're gonna do it, make sure you do a good job. And I was I told her I was leaving school to join a band and that's when she said, yeah, if you're going to do it, do a good job all the way through. She's always been really up for it. Even though we didn't, we didn't know what was going to happen. You don't have any idea where your life is going to go. You don't know if it's going to work or it's not, no, you don't. You just follow, you, you follow your gut and you have the best intentions and you do the best work you can and try and surround yourself with the best people. But it starts uh, it starts by having support somewhere because, as you probably will agree, Jan, no one can do this on their own. They have to have a team. And so in the beginning, <clears throat> my mother was my team. And so when I finally could start paying my rent from making music, we would just look at each other and smile because back in the, in the 70s, there was nothing in the fridge. So I had to go to work. Wow. You know we we went from we went from having a lot to having nothing. And my mother was working two jobs. We were living in Ottawa at the time. It was interesting. we and we talk about it now. What would life be if, if I hadn't taken the path?
0: I know there's so many, there's so many
3: unknowns. What would life have been if you hadn't said yes? And I, she told me a story recently which I didn't know, which was that she went to the principal of my high school and said, "Listen, I'm letting my son go and follow his his stream to make music, and he's, I'm taking him out of school. He said to her, you know what? You're a bad mother, and you're going to regret this. I said, Ma, you should have gone back and you know, given him a copy of the record. <laughs> she said, yeah, I know. But you know, imagine having that lack of support with just listening to her son in her ear and just letting him go. Beautiful. There's
0: there's something so magical about encouragement, and and it's it, it brings up so many memories for for me, Brian, when you talk about your mom because I I I had that that kind of a mom too that was just cut from a different world. She's just like, why not you? Why not? Well, all, all you can do is try. I mean, what's the what's the worst that can happen? But my mom was my true north. But anyway, your mom has has long. She's just she's just been such a force in your life, and I'm. I'm glad that she's still here and still able to revel in your successes because they've been so numerous. But I just want to thank you for doing the, the Jan show, Alone for the Holidays, airs December the 9th. I thought,
3: I, Jan, I thought you were going to tell me some good jokes, too. I, you know, I'm waiting for some laughs. You so. know,
0: well, the, the jokes I always tell get me into trouble. They really do. Uh, I, I told a joke on Twitter last week, and I'm like, did you hear about the very frisky um, Amish girl? She had three men a night. And, uh, I, I, people lost the, they called me racist and I'm like, well, that's a pun. It's not, I'm not meaning. I said, I bet you a Mennonite made that joke up. Anyway, that's my joke for
3: you, Brian Adams. (laughs) Oh, Just bring it back to the forefront. I'll
0: get in trouble again. But December the 9th, Brian joins us. Brand new uh, song. Let's get Christmas going. Inspired by his daughter, which is thanks for telling us that story, Brian. Thanks for taking time.
3: Jan, I love you. I love you guys. Thanks for having me on the show. I wish you all a really happy Christmas. And and to everyone listening out there, Jan's just having a laugh.
0: Sarah, where can they find all the information that Brian has just talked about?
3: We're going to put some notes in the episode
2: (laughs) notes. So wherever you listen to this podcast, there's usually a spot where you can see more. Just hit that. We'll link you up to where you can find Brian's new Christmas song and all of those things. What did you think of that? What a guy. What a you guy. Know, he was so lovely.
0: He doesn't do this kind of stuff very often, but it's just mind-boggling how much he tours. He does not like you saying anything kind or nice about him or like I, I could have done an intro that went on for like 20 minutes of the stuff mm. he's done, the <laughs> awards that he has, the Grammys, the Junos, the the I mean, he's been he's had a, anyway. That was just mind-boggling and he did, he had so much fun doing the Jan show. And he was so funny and he just was such, He, like I said, he was a great sport. I don't know what
2: else to say. And Jan is like so excited about this that she's maybe forgetting about her own show right now. Also in the episode notes, we've got a link with the info for how you can watch Jan alone for the holidays. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I'm so not alone for the holidays, but yet it's called Jan Alone for the Holidays. My family's not with me, but who needs your family when you've got Brian Adams, right? And Michael Buble. I'm Sarah Burke. Adam Karsh, thanks for coming along. We are we are gearing up for Christmas. We're going to have lots of Christmas and Hanukkah, and I think we should talk about some other traditions around the globe that aren't necessarily Christmas-oriented. Maybe maybe that's next week. Thanks for being here, guys.
2: Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you've been listening to the Jan Argyle Podcast. Totally do. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network.